Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and this is the annual Christmas special with the one and only Jordan Morgan. Jordan, welcome back. Merry, Merry Christmas. It's that time of year. Yes. Merry (laughs) Christmas. It's that time of year. Uh, I think last year I said I was cozied up by the fire with my dog Copper with me. Uh, We actually have a real fireplace now, although I'm not sitting next to it. And I'm sitting next to my my brand new little puppy who will probably at some point uh, elicit yells from me to tell him to stop you know chewing on cords or something but right now he's being he's being very cuddly that's so that's very nice uh, no problems yet yeah yeah i'm in a cold chilly office so <laughs> <laughs> my fireplace is far away yeah and you know i've been in this house for almost three years i still don't have blinds in here that's you know, one of those things you're all you're always going to do tomorrow tomorrow has never come i don't think it ever will so for now i freeze i don't know uh when it comes to my office lighting is something that i will uh i will take take actual work time away from myself to, <laughs> to get that to ready to yeah. yeah i need to take notes <laughs> all right so before we before we get into the normal sort of follow-up of of our christmas specials where we talk about our lives here and what we've done in the last year i have a little i guess a little bit of an announcement maybe not a little bit maybe a big announcement i don't know how to phrase this uh this show i was looking this up beforehand the first episode of the show or technically the first thing that i posted for the show was like a teaser on december 13th of 2019 which didn't seem right when I like added the numbers up. That was four years ago. Wow. And the first actual episode came out in January uh, soon after that with Heidi. Does it feel like it's been that long to you? I don't feel like it's been that long. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes quick, as they say. Um, I do specifically remember like how your guests were just so great right at the outset. Because, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to make a podcast. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, make a podcast, whatever. And then you're like, yeah, I got, you know, James Thompson and all these like, you know, people that we all admire and look up to. And I was like, oh, he is making a podcast with a capital P. So it's always been impressive. Yeah, it was it was weird when you realized you could just ask people and many of them would be like, oh, yeah, sure. And you're like, what? <laughs> right. You know, Christian Seelig? Really? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that was... That was an interesting thing. But anyway, yeah. So it's been four years of doing this. And uh, I guess I'll just stop beating around the bush here and just say, launched as everyone knows it today is over, <laughs> which is a more dramatic way of saying what the reality is, which is <laughs> I'm going to scale things back quite a bit. I'll get into why here in a second. But just the the quick upshot here is it's not going to be a biweekly show anymore. It's going to be whenever I happen to have a person that I want to talk to, I will interview them and edit it in the time that I have to edit it and then post it. It'll probably be way less episodes than before. But yeah, that's that's basically where we're at. And this is, this is due to a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, one major one being your explicit encouragement uh, a couple of weeks ago. But <laughs> to I kill guess, launched. Yeah, it's a, yeah, you're just like making some room... Uh, <laughs> Also announcing in January, Jordan's starting a new podcast. (laughs) No. So, I mean, I guess the story here to to actually make this sort of follow up from last year is last year we talked about uh, sort of the state of where I was in the world, the state of our industry kind of, and how I was doing a bunch of different things to, to try and like bring revenue in with my side projects because I wasn't sure about my job situation and all that stuff. And one of those things I was really looking into was sponsorships or some form of way of monetizing this show. And you really encouraged me to just try sponsorships, which I was 
very much hemming and hawing about, even on the, mm. the Christmas special. <laughs> if you listen to last year's, you can hear it happening live. And you, you encouraged me to just do it. And I did. And for the whole year this year, I've been more or less running sponsorships on the show. Um, I also opened a Patreon and so people could like subscribe to the show and get like an ad free, you know, version with quote unquote bonus episodes of which there were like two. And I think the, the end result of that for me was sort of what I was afraid it was going to be, which is it was just more work than it was worth. It wasn't necessarily that it was this enormous amount of work necessarily, but it was just something I had to manage on top of everything else I was doing. I don't, you, you run sponsorship still on your blog, right? Yes, I still do. And to kind of piggyback off what you're saying of one more thing to manage, I actually signed a contract with Josh from Emerge to just sell him all the spots for 2024. So I don't even have to mess with it because I, I so know where you're coming from. Um, so he just kind of said, Hey, look, you don't have to mess with it. Just give me the whole year. And I was like, done i shouldn't negotiate man josh if you're listening yeah. listening i should have taken you for all your worth but uh you know but you're, you're a, a great guy i love emerge so it's, it's you know but it's thing. all good and like part of the thing with podcasts too is i had to record ad reads and send those versions to people mm. and then tweak them and on top of a full-time job and having kids my time that i can record something is limited like even if i have you know 30 minutes of after they go down to sleep time or whatever I can't really record it to something then because it's like late at night and I might wake them up or whatever. And so, or I'm just trying to spend time with my wife. You know what I mean? So it just got to where it was, it was becoming a lot, but it was what was paying for me to have Jonathan, my uh, editor for the show who has been incredible. I talked about how helpful he'd been uh, in the last Christmas special, but like having somebody editing the show took so much of a load off. Um, it was the only way I could keep doing it throughout the year, but it still um, ended up just being, it was just too, it's just too much work. It's really, really, really hard. Uh, I don't know if you've run into this before. I guess you have, because whenever you sold your app, it may have been similar, but it is incredibly hard to like stop putting your foot on the gas on something that you feel like you can't get back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, but I mean, the, the struggle is real. As they say, when you have kids, you have a full-time job. Anything outside of that is is really tough to do. And that's why I think we mentioned this on the Christmas special last year. Like anything that I do outside of work has to like make money. Otherwise, I can't really justify doing it. Um, so it sounds like maybe you got into a spot where you were making money, but it basically was at or close to net zero because it's going to yeah. editing, right? Yeah. So then by your definition, it, it does make a lot of sense that like that doesn't fit the framework of kind of what you're trying to do right now. And it's a lot of work. My goodness. I think the value proposition too is thrown off. It, it is a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work to schedule things with people, whatever. But the two things the show has always really provided was an outlet for networking in our industry, getting to talk to people who care about or interested in iOS development. That was a huge deal, especially when I started the show in you know 2020, uh, when meeting people in person wasn't even really an option. Um, but you know, living in the Midwest, we're not exactly surrounded by uh, iOS uh, indie developers. So it, even outside of pandemic, you know, specific circumstances, it's it was just a really helpful way to like get to spend time with people. Um, the other thing is, it was a really good creative outlet. I like, I really, really like 
like media production. In my day job, software development, that was what I was spending my time doing is coding. I like coding also for my side app, Dark Noise, but like this provided something that was just kind of a pure media thing. I get to make thumbnails for every episode. Like I get to think through it from a sort of storytelling perspective, (laughs) all of those things. And both of those pieces, the networking and the creative outlet, uh, that value proposition has been upended a little bit because another thing that happened this year for me is I switched jobs, not just to a new company, which is now Revenue Cat, uh, as almost anybody who's listening probably already knows. But it's also a new like career, basically. It's a different job entirely. I'm not doing iOS development. I am a developer advocate, which is still writing a lot of Swift code and doing iOS development, kind of. But my main job is like producing content, making videos, going on podcasts, so and going to conferences and talking to people and bringing all that feedback back to the team. And so I'm getting a gluttony of uh, networking and social time with iOS developers because it's literally part of my day job. And I'm getting a gluttony of the creative outlet because that's part of my day job. And the the sort of like part of me that enjoys coding and building is actually getting a lot less than before because it's not part of my day job. And so I think part of this whole story is I'm like, I imagine these different interests in my life, you know, like family exercise, uh, creative outlets, software development outlets, whatever you want to call them. They're all kind of like these dials because my job totally switched how much I'm getting in my nine to five. um, I need to adjust my side hustle dials as well. And so I'm turning up the dial on, on dark noise. Uh, because I want to be spending more time in code, both to keep those skills up and because it's something I love doing. And I'm, for reasons maybe I'll get into later, very excited about Dark Noise in particular right now. Um, And I think that necessitates dialing things back and launched, like we said, the value proposition for launched uh, isn't quite as high for me as it is right now. But I'm not quite willing to give it up either because I do love it. Uh, I do think, you know, from a cynical maybe perspective, it is an asset having something like this um it's a way to get to talk to people absolutely uh, one of the cool things about having this is sometimes there's just a person that i want to talk to and it gives me an excuse to be like hey you should come on my podcast uh and then we get to talk about the thing that i probably wanted to talk to them about anyway and then sometimes we then form a friendship or something oftentimes not but you get what i'm saying oh absolutely yeah and i just gotta say like your thumbnails for each episode that was so genius that was one of the things when you first started that i was like this is awesome for a lot of reasons one's your your artistic mine it would just be awful like you know stick drawing status uh, there's a reason i pay people to do my icons i'm terrible i'm mostly just tracing to be fair uh when i make those uh, it it's true, but like, you know how to do it and like how yeah, to set it up yeah. and procreate. I know you did a YouTube video back in the day. I still don't even know how to do it. Um, but it like kind of made everyone want to be on the show even more in a way. Cause like, I got to get that Charlie Chapman icon, you know? Yeah. That ended up being a sort of funny, uh, side, side, uh, piece to that. I love that. So we all have our, you know, our alt <laughs> launched icons. And I always thought that was like a super fun thing to do. But I, I mean, I think you're spot on, man. You're just at a new place in life and uh, things change. It's not dead. You know, you right. can kick it up whenever you want to. It's ad hoc now, you know, and that's the beauty of it. And I've always taken long breaks. I've never treated it like a proper business, really. 
so that's not well i'm gonna charge for appearances so you better figure it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I'll, I'll scrounge up i'll scrounge up some nickels and dimes for that every year <laughs> won't be won't cost a lot i'm sure <laughs> but yeah so i guess uh like the little things before we move forward on that uh I'm, I'm still open to sponsorships they won't be very often so you know it's probably not gonna be big businesses but if you if you want to run a sponsor on the show if you just like the show and you're like hey next time you do an episode i'd like to sponsor reach out I'll take your money and talk about your thing, but it's, I'm not going to be spending time looking for people, which is what I was doing and not enjoying that at all. Mm. Um, and then also I'll, I'll be shutting down the Patreon. It, there's like maybe 12 people that are patrons right now who I very, very much appreciate. I don't want to downplay that, but it's not like this big thriving thing that took off mostly due to me not doing the work to make it a thriving thing. Um, and so the one or two uh like bonus episodes that i made for it i'll probably just throw on this feed at some point um because there will be plenty of room for that uh as the episodes will be much more spaced out so so that's that's the story there uh yeah i guess that's pretty much it if you like the show and you want to make me feel good uh you should go leave a rating uh in apple podcasts or if there's other places you can leave ratings because no reason at all other than that would make me feel good all right I think that's enough navel gazing uh, on my part. Let's move. <laughs> Welcome to Unlaunched. Welcome to Unlaunched, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I re-listened to our episode last year as I do every year beforehand. And it's it's always fun because it's like a lot of like what you just heard. It's us talking about our feelings, uh, talking about our fears, things we're thinking about for the next year. And I feel like this year in particular compared to last year, we really delivered on some of the things that we we said we were going to do. Um, and the first of those, what I think we started last year's with, was talking about your best-in-class uh, book, which I think had launched technically the year before that. So you were like a year into it. Yeah. Whenever we talked about it last Christmas. I think it took like two and a half, 2.75 years. I don't know. Yeah. And at that point, uh, you said in our episode that based on your current speed, you were projecting that it would take until 2024 to finish the book. But you were hoping maybe you'd use the sabbatical that you had at your job to you take that time and dedicate a lot of it to to the book and you might be able to finish it sooner. So I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you say it. <laughs> where, where did all that land? How did you deliver on that? I did take the great book sabbatical and I have absolutely no regrets on that. Um, ended up taking it later in the year. Uh, but at first I was a little reserved because, you know, I know my wife was looking forward to that time. Um, you know, I had some grand plans, but I just kind of, I mean, she knows intimately about the book too, you know, like, you know, the, the mental toll it takes sometimes, you know, how about, she knows the sales numbers better than I do. I, I don't know. She loves refreshing <laughs> that stuff. I never look at it. Um, you know, and so I just kind of floated the idea and she was like, yes, you should 1000% do that. Do that meaning use your sabbatical time. Yeah. To finish yeah. Use it because... When, when the book first came out, and I can't remember if I mentioned this last year or if I had changed to this pace, but it used to be I wrote one chapter every week and I released new chapters every two weeks. And it got to the point where I have that, um, where I wrote a new chapter every two weeks. So I think when I looked at it, that put me into 2025. And that's where I was really like, I've got to do a little bit something different. Because it was, it was me knowing and talking to you for a long time. It was kind of killing you. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like the way that I described it is it's like having a college paper due every two weeks for two and a half years. You know, it's like writing a thesis almost. Um, Of course, like I envisioned now that I'm on the other side, it's, it's great. You know, I can add stuff to it. You know, I just told everybody the expectations, like I'll update it around dub dub each year. Um, and you know, if you go back a few years, I probably talked about the book series on 2021's Christmas special. All of the fears that I had around people were so unfounded. Never once was someone like, Oh, well, I thought you were going to update it more or, Oh, you missed like an update or this. None of those things ever happened. Um, which was really nice. And I'm, I'm failing my podcasting duties here, but just to step back, if, if anybody has made it this far and doesn't already know the, the best in class <laughs> book is a book series. It's actually a series of. Is it five books? Yeah, it's it's four with like a bonus. I don't know where to put this stuff. So I, I call it four to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a book series on iOS development covering a lot of topics very, very in depth. Uh, and you released it two years ago as a sort of like beta with like uh, nine chapters initially. Nine of the chapters done. And then you've been delivering, like you said, on, on different cadences, but you've been delivering updates, new chapters consistently that whole time right with the goal being that you'd end it and then once it's over you'd update it you know like you said around wwdc but it's kind of like now it's this complete thing absolutely um and you you reached that during your sabbatical right you've completed the book yeah i yeah and you know i got done halfway through sabbatical which was awesome because then i had a whole month to kind of relax and it's crazy to think about this but elite hoops uh the basketball app for coaches to create and share plays oh yeah we're getting into that don't worry that didn't even exist in my mind or anything when we talked last year so and yeah and we'll get into that but that kind of started early on in this year around january so i was juggling these two things on the side of like oh this is fun i really want to make this app i miss doing this versus i have to get this book done um and to pat myself on the back a little, I, I never missed an update uh, aside from vacation. Um, hit it every single time. Which you announced ahead of time, right? Yeah. I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm out on vacation, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, it won't be an update. And so it was great to finally write that last chapter. It was it was pretty uh, surreal. I think I probably, you know, text you and I was like, it's, it's done. <laughs> you know, I finished it. And it is funny because you mentioned earlier about like how the podcast is an asset. Um, and so this drives my wife crazy, but like when someone asked me about like iOS development, like who's not super familiar with me, like locally, like friends and stuff like, Oh yeah. Like how, how long you been in there? You know, like how's, how's that going? I'm like, well, I did write a book series over it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm a published she's like, author. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She, just her <laughs> eyes roll so heavily. And then it, and it's so confusing. It's a terrible joke because people that aren't familiar with technology industry or like, you know, people that sell things on their own, they're like, wait, so how's it published? Like who did, what publishing house, you know, like where's it printed? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like, you can go online and just download the PDF. Stop asking like, questions. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's I'm like, all right, just, just forget I said anything. You know, they're like, Oh, so people just, they'll buy like just a pdf i'm like uh yeah they should, i guess i guess they do <laughs> so um but yeah i mean what a journey that was and it's funny because i use it all the time too just yeah. yesterday i cracked open a chapter because i was trying to do something with undo manager um and uh it's it's funny to just go back and be like oh i'm helping my own <laughs> you know work right now retroactively how how have the sales been then uh like because you were making sales throughout the entire process because you had the sort of right unfinished beta as a thing that was for pre-sale. But now it's like out, out. Has that changed anything or is it just kind of continuing that same trend? So I'm looking at Lemon Squeezy, which actually I think this might have happened 
right after the podcast last year where Gumroad announced a change in their pricing to 10% oh, yeah. just flat, which would have cost me a lot of money. Um, so I changed the lemon squeezy and looking back, cause I looked at like the past four or five months, the, the, the floor is like 1800 and the ceiling is like 4,000. So this month it's made $2,356. So it's still, it sells, you know, one copy a day, then two, three days go by nothing sells then four yeah. copies sell. And it's, it's weird. It's like reliably unreliable. Like I know it's going to make money every month. I don't know when, like sometimes it's the last month or sorry, the last week, the first week, but it's never been below 1800 since it came out. Um, and it always correlates with when I write more, uh, which I haven't been doing as much towards the end of the year, just cause I'm, I'm beat probably like all of us. When you write more for your blog, you mean? Sorry. Yes. When I write more on my blog, yeah. um, because that's obviously a big, a big lead in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it, I expect it to continue to make money. Um, I'll update it because it's kind of like my magnum opus. I'm, I'm super proud of it. And it's weird when I go to think back, like if I honestly answer the question, like, would I do this knowing what I know now? Like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty split. You know, it was a ton of work. So, and the, the biggest thing I learned was opportunity costs. Like, yeah, I, would I have made an app in that time that, did something, um, you know, those types of things, but I did it. It's done. And that's, it's kind of the same thing as what I was talking about with the, it's like, I have this podcast thing and this indie app thing. And it's like, you know, family is uh, work. My day job and family are like fixed, you know, I'm not cutting into right. either You of those. can't take from them. So yeah. like there's a limited amount of time. And the thing about a creative thing, your book, my podcast, having this regular cadence is even if it's not the thing you care the most about, it takes priority because of a time schedule. Whereas right. one of the great benefits of an indie app is that what is it? A passive income kind of thing is like you can spend the time building it and then the money comes like later and then you can, you can work on it in spurts. But the problem with that is it never takes priority then because it doesn't have that same time pressure. Exactly. And if you leave it alone for too long, it, you know, slowly tails off or whatever. So yeah, like, I watched you throughout this year in just pain uh, because you were so excited <laughs> about it wasn't, you know, we'll get to hoops in here in a second. But even last year when we talked, you talked about the app that you were working on, which I don't think you named or maybe you named and we bleeped it. I don't remember exactly. But you had a like project management app. Oh, it was that's vaporware. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's on my list of apps. I want to make that one slid all the way to the bottom. Right. It was a Mac app. It was it was uh, ambitious. Uh, but throughout the year, I think you had multiple side things because what you would run into and I could I watched it is like you'd get frustrated that that's so big oh yeah and you just have so limited time especially because of the book and then you'd be like I just want to make something small that I can ship and you'd like work on that and be excited about it for a while but then the time from the book would just eat up too much of your time and then you'd never get that thing to a shipping point right um but you did eventually uh really dig in yes. and, and build something and you released it before was it before you finished the book i don't remember the details i'll just let you start from the beginning let's talk about elite hoops so, so it was it was the sabbatical 
the sabbatical of shipping because I, I shipped Elite Hoops like two weeks after I finished the book. So they were pretty close. Okay, you fit, you shipped it after, but you were working on it during. Yes, and that's why, that was one big reason. So if, if you're unfamiliar, Elite Hoops is a way for basketball coaches to record a play, like draw it up, like they have a whiteboard, save it as a video, and then, you know, send it to their players. Um, and, you know, my son plays basketball and, you know, we're always going over plays and stuff. And that's who I made it for. And living around a, a college coach, um, I know a lot of the basketball area here. Uh, I, it's that classic thing of I just showed it to other people in the industry and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could use this. Here's what I want. Here's what I'd change. And so I set out to make a very lean MVP of that vision. Your version, a Jordan Morgan version of a lean MVP, which uh, (laughs) by normal human standards is is much more polished than what most people think of when they hear lean MVP. Yeah. I, if you saw the features that I wanted to actually, the features that I wanted to launch with are my like goalposts for all of 2024. So I'm glad I, you know, cut things down. Um, But yeah, so I'm doing that starting in January. And you just get that fire, you know, when you haven't made an app for a while, it's just so gratifying. Um, you know, listen to this podcast, like I won't have to spend any time convincing them of that. But, you know, I did have the responsibility of the book. Like I had to do the book. So many people had bought it. I wanted to do it. Um, and that Elite Hoops really was the biggest impetus for doing the sabbatical because I knew there was no way I could really do both. I really wanted to get an app out. Um and, you know, we can talk about some of this later, but, you know, my, my end goal with my career is I want to work for myself. And to do that, you know, you have to get serious about how you spend your time. And I knew that the book was always going to be a nice, hopefully continues to be passive income, but, you know, I, I can't live off of it. Right. Um, what I can probably live off someday are apps and, you know, subscriptions and building things that way. So all of these things floating around in my head. Um, and that shows you how far along Elite Hoops was along the process too, because I, I did the book and then I was like, all right, I can just buckle down for a week and really get this done. Um, and I did and uh, probably bothered you and Josh with revenue cat questions <laughs> for like a few weeks and then boom, there it was. So it felt really good to get those two things done. Um, really a rewarding year, I think for me personally in that, in that respect. Yeah. And like... <sighs> I can't express how exciting it was to get Jordan, the indie app developer back. (laughs) Yeah. Not just, you know, the things you ship are really cool, but when you're working on something, it's exciting (laughs) because you just, you're very passionate about it. You're always spending way too much time on small UX details, which are things that I often haven't thought about at all. And then you're such a good writer that you're writing about things that you're learning as you go. And that, uh, what is it? The Disney, uh, uh, flywheel effect <laughs> yeah. works really in your favor in terms of being really exciting uh, for Jordan Morgan, the brand, if you will. Uh. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And it's so fun because, you know, we talked about this last year, how I kind of felt like I was becoming known as like a teacher in the yeah, community. Yeah. And I never really felt that I was, it was just something that I was doing, you know, wanting to write a book and you have that little identity crisis. Well, too. That was your, that was your visible output. Right. Exactly. That's what I was doing. So it's not that I blame anyone for that. Um, but I was like, no, I make it like I make apps. And it's funny that probably a lot of people, I don't know a lot, but you know, I, I know there are people that I've met along the way that don't even know what spin stack is or remember that that's something that I even made. Cause you sold that when, what year was that? Was that 2021? Oh man. 29. 
Oh gosh, was it? Or was it twenty twenty? Uh, here comes some keyboard clacks. Because yeah. it's been, I mean, it's been a while, um, and that was the last time you had a production app, right? I wrote that blog post December third, twenty twenty. Wow, because um, yeah. it was when I was building our house. Um, is right, kind of when I sold it. Um, so yeah, I mean. To not have an app for, I think in the blog post for Elite Hoops, I actually did the days between that blog post and Elite Hoops, and it was like over a thousand. So, you know, it, it had been a long time since I had released an app, and it's just the best. Uh, you can't beat a launch day. You can't beat a launch day, but also having a muse. Like, mm-hmm. I think you're better than a lot of us uh, at sometimes treating your your app as a capital B business and thinking through things from that perspective. But also it's a playground. It's a like you hear, you see a cool thing that somebody did and the immediate thought you have is how can I apply that to the thing I'm doing? Oh, absolutely. Um, and at, and I often would do that at work too, but at work it's kind of like, well, that would be neat, but I'm never going to get approval or that's not going to make the most ROI. And so why would anybody do that? Blah, blah, blah. But when it's your own app, you can just do it, you know? And freedom, man. And having a thing, because it's so much work to get that zero to one, getting something out there. At least oh, if you're like goodness. us. Yeah. Maybe if you're like Josh Holtz or somebody who, <laughs> who can ship an app in like uh, six hours or something. But it, it's a big process to get something out there. But once it's out there, not only can you iterate on it, but it's like when you have an idea, you just have a place to try it. Um, and that yeah. alone, I feel like it would kill me not having that. Um, cause even in the times when I've been the most out of touch with, with dark noise development, just because of life or work or whatever, I still, if I look at commit history, have things that I try in there frequently, because again, it's that like playground and you went over a thousand days, uh, where you didn't really have that. All you could do is work, add something to a test app. And it's just not the same. 1,531. Goodness me. Yeah. It's a long time. It was a long time. It is a long time. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. And I think the biggest thing that I'm discovering now that I have an app again is like the the biggest difference between it and SpinStack is, you know, SpinStack like made no money. It was a paid up front app. You know, people liked it. I, I loved it. I still have, you know, a local copy. It's open source now. Anyone can, you know, riff on it or do whatever. Um, And I still get emails to this day. Um, like not a lot once a month. That's like, Hey, I have this old iPad and all that I have it for is spin stack. Cause I can't get it off the app store. Like, can you do oh my goodness. anything, you know? And I'll tell them like, Hey, you know, if you know, like anyone who's technical, here's the source code, maybe they can download it or, you know, whatever. Um, but financially, I think it was where so many, any developers are where wanting to have an app that takes care of you and your family, it feels like so impossible, like so far away. So like not even close to being reasonable. And I'm seeing with elite hoops that like, oh, like it is like you just got to start somewhere and really just think of it as pain points to solve and what's going to help people with those pain points and, you know, see what works and what they'll pay for. And uh, that's been the most exciting part for me, Um, seeing it make actual money. The recurring revenue is great. Um, and it ticks up just a little bit each day and it's so motivating to see that. And that's something that I never had with spin stack. And it really changes a lot of things for me. Um, you know, I had like one big update that got covered on, you know, all the indie centric places, you know, Mac stories that, and I remember like in one day it made like $3,000 and I was like, Whoa, you know, like that's crazy. 
And, and now that doesn't seem like nearly as much anymore, thankfully. Um, but I never thought I'd be in that position um, to really believe that like, oh, I, I could do this. Like, this is not impossible. Um, there's an avenue here. And that's been the most exciting part. I guess let's like dig into that a little bit too. Because like we haven't done a, you know, launched episode on Elite Hoops, I guess. So like, sure. what, what do you think was the difference there? in terms because like i think uh, obviously there's the paid up front versus subscription but the subscription thing really starts paying off later in terms of true uh you know recurring revenue you're you're only what two months in or is it a month in yeah a little over a little over Over two two months months. okay or well probably more than that it released october 5th so however long ago that was for some reason okay yeah yeah so so yeah you're not at the point i mean yeah you probably have some monthlies that are renewing but like yeah really it's going to take a little while to truly feel the effects of the subscription piece now granted the not have not being paid up front where you know somebody can download it for free that is new but like what what do you think really is the mix of what's making this one different than that last one yeah well there's two things one i think the most obvious one is um, and no disrespect if any of my com- competitors are listening to this, but there wasn't one that I felt was really great on iOS to create and share plays. So that was one thing. There was a need kind of in that uh, segment that I thought I could fill. Um, and the second one is kind of like what I've always thought of is going to sound so random, like the perks of a wallflower angle. Um, have you seen that movie? Uh, it's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the high school coming of age thing. Um, but there's this line in it that uh, one of the guys says, like, you know, we accept the love that we think we deserve. And I was like, oh, what a great line when I was watching that because I'm a touchy feely guy. And then I think of that in terms of apps too. like by and large, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but it's kind of what I found is that consumers kind of value your apps as much as you tell them to. So like if I tell you uh, SpinStack is a $2.99 app, you kind of have these preconceived notions of what that means. Um, and you don't really value it very much. Mm. But if I tell you Elite Hoops is a powerful you know, playmaker to share with you and your team, it's $40 a year then you kind of think about it differently. And I do this with software I use too. Uh, there's several subscriptions I pay for. Um, and I never buy, ever buy a paid up front app. I'm sure there's several great ones that I could benefit from. But when I see that a company or an indie is really like valuing their work, um, I take it a little more seriously. And so that's the big thing I've learned um, because I was even afraid to price it at $40 um, dollars a year, which is what the, the pro sub, uh, subscription is. Um, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is so hacky. It uses like replay kit to record the video and audio and the sharing controller doesn't work with Swift UI, like kind of clips the share button, you know, all these reasons to like, you know, not even release it. And then I was like, yeah, forget it. You know, it's going to work or it won't work. Um, and yeah, it, it's working so far, uh, new customers every day. And I think a lot of that is because I've asked them to take me seriously in a way like this is going to help you. It's worth the money. Um, and I feel like a lot of us are afraid to do that, to, to put value on our software. And that's not a new angle. A lot of people have said that, but it's, it's really true, I think. So if I were to be incredibly reductive here, uh, your answer to what's the main difference is I charge more money for it. <laughs> 1000%. That is the correct answer. Yes, I charge more money for it. Um, and I think Spinstack could still be around in some form or fashion if I had some sort of subscription component for it. Do you not, do you not think... I mean, I am neither a person who, I mean, I use budgeting software, right? 
but like spin sec in particular, there was a point in my life where I was at that level of, uh, tracking everything. But mm-hmm. when that came out, I wasn't, I wasn't at that level. So I wasn't necessarily in that target market. I'm also not a basketball coach, not in that target market. What? Well, I, I know, I know. Start. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> I'm so tall. Um, <laughs> listeners, I'm not, uh, but <laughs> spoiler, the, uh, from the outside, the feeling I have is that those two markets are very different. One of them, they're both niche, mm-hmm. but one of them is like, like the basketball market feels uh, like there's probably a lot more. It, it's useful for basically everybody who's doing this, right? Right. And that is a pretty, at least in America, um, I'm sure other countries, basketball is oh, a yeah, huge like 98% sport. of the customers are American. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's the case generally for app store stuff. Sure. Anyway, but, sure. Uh, but like, it feels like you've made something that is is useful to a larger segment and is more likely to be worth paying a premium for from that segment, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it is true um, because, uh, again, thank, I'm thankful to know like so many basketball coaches in the area and I've seen what they use. And again, this is nothing new either. You see what people use, you see how much it costs and you think I could do better than that. Cause they're and all so, using like, app. They're all using stuff for this. Yeah, right? It's legacy, like institutional software. Right. It does a million times more than elite hoops does, but it's, it's ugly. And like, even people that work in as coaches or scouts or whatever, like they know it, but it like, it gets the job done. There's nothing better. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, like it's almost close to, there's, not very many competitors. Like I was going to say Monopoly, but that would be like just one. But, you know, there's not a lot of competition. Um, and yeah. And so when you see that like people will pay for it and you kind of feel like you're on to something, then it just kind of changes your whole mindset, which is kind of what I led with. Um, yeah. That, that to, like, again, this is my like outside perspective, but it felt like Spinstack felt to me more like I'm taking this. It was like a gadget app, you know. It was just kind of fun yeah, to use. Yeah, it's like it's like an automation that you had for your life with an absurd level of Jordan Morgan polish around it, <laughs> right? But it, whereas this one almost feels more like they may have both started the same way, but where you ended up going with Elite Hoops is you saw an opportunity in the market. There is um, a group of people who need to solve this problem. And the tools they use don't solve it super well and are expensive or old or whatever. And you're like, I can differentiate on those and solve their problem. Like from a like, you know, stepping back in business perspective, you could have wrote a business plan yeah. for both of those apps. And one of them would look like a business plan and the other one would look like absolutely like a toy project. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a pejorative. No, yeah, it, yeah. It's just kind of what it was, you know, it just was built for me exactly yeah. and it was a toy that was absurdly well polished like i i honestly spin stack was more polished than i think elite hoops was but you spent way more time on it oh no question right. yeah there, it's not even close um and there's little funny things that i notice uh in elite hoops again and, and it goes back to treating it like a business like you know a swift ui you know the the state obviously changes for you like if you go to settings on a fresh launch and you'll see like the try for free. And, but if you're paid, you know, then the data comes down like a half second later and the button like switches to like manage subscription. Like that's stuff that I wouldn't live with before yeah, you would with SpinStack, but I kind of learned, yeah. yeah, but I just kind of learned that like, you know what? I, no one is really going to notice this and it's not going to stop them from using the app. I'm going to live with it, uh, fix it eventually and move on. 
And that kind of thinking is required. It's looking at things as value to your customers versus mm-hmm. looking at yeah. things as value to your reputation, which are different ways of looking at development. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think when you truly start to treat an app like a business, so much changes for you. And like another example of a mindset shift is like, I love when there's apps that take your privacy super serious. I'm all for it. And, you know, you look at their privacy label, there's like, you know, no data collected. Um, one kind of like fork in the road that I think it uh, exemplifies kind of where I'm coming from is before with Spinstack, I'd be like, that's my mark. I'm not doing anything to, to have that label change. Where with Elite Hoops, I did want to track some things that people did to learn how they're using right. the app. And I was like, you know what? fine. You know, I'm not doing anything shady, obviously. I don't want to, I want to be clear on that, but it's just like, I need to know like which features they use, Um, you know, like what's important to them. Um, Do they get to the places that I want them to get to? And so I was like, all right, I'll just fill out the, the nutrition label and, you know, move on. And it's like, those are things that developers notice in our circle, but people outside of it, you know, they do want privacy, but they don't really look at it. I don't think like, my wife, Jansen, I don't even think it knows that it's there. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people don't. Um, and so that was like a business thing. I was like, I need to know who's using what and how so I can make better decisions. And from that, uh, there's some onboarding in Elite Hoops, which you don't have to be paid to see it. Anybody can download it and see it. But like, as you're going through the onboarding, it's like, hey, like, what kind of coach are you? Are you a parent just trying to help out your kid, like a youth coach or a college coach? And that's something that I track because like, I need to know who's using it. And what I found is that it's almost overwhelmingly um, youth coach or a full-time coach, hardly any parents, Mm. more on the youth coach side. And the reason why it's working so much is people uh, that work at universities, college coaches, MBA, pro level, semi-pro, they probably have their software already. I still want to go for that segment. But early on, Elite Hoops is great for the youth segment, you know, like AAU teams, travel coaches, people whose maybe it's their main job, but maybe it's not because $40 a year is something that like, most people can afford. And so it's doing so good with that youth segment, uh, youth coach segment. And I wouldn't know that if I didn't put any tracking in. And it's super valuable to me because now I can make choices. Right. And if you were building it for yourself, the kind of standard play or phrase for indie developers, you would have been building for the parent uh, like segment, which you said was like exactly. almost nobody, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very little. Uh, I think... 60% is youth coach, like 38 point something is full-time coach. And then like that tiny little, you know, pie sliver in mixed panel is, you know, the parents. Yeah. And that changes, um, completely changes like how you think about things and how, and maybe it doesn't necessarily mean you have to build for that. Maybe you, it is like, I need to change how I'm marketing because I want to target this other audience or something. In your case, I don't exactly. think that's necessarily true, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I really do think like, that mindset of how you came into this is is a big part of why this is different. Like, yes, you're charging more. And yes, you definitely could have charged more for spin stack. But I also think you can charge more because even if it's not as overly polished as spin stack was at the end for you, um, the actual value it provides in terms of how much it's worth for people is is more. Yeah. And that's probably like my second biggest lesson is if you have a defined like target customer or purpose for your app, it's so freeing because like I still couldn't tell you who Spinstack was for or yeah. what exactly it did. Whereas someone asked me what Elite Hoops is, I'm like, it's for basketball coaches to share their plays. Like just knowing that at the jump 
it's so nice. Um, it made it so much easier to make choices, marketing choices to develop, you know, everything, everything is easier when you know who you're building for. And it's so funny because if I'm listening to a podcast like this and I hear someone else say that, I'm like, well, yeah, that's like so obvious, but it's one of those obvious things that like, I didn't really do, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this is why so many people say it. It really <laughs> makes a big difference. In some ways it felt like the way, and I keep saying you, this is really a reflection on me. And I think a lot of people in our community, it felt like the spin stack approach was you were almost building it more for the people who choose ADAs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like, 100%. That was more of a guiding light than the the people who were paying for the app necessarily. And then the people who were paying for it would often ask for things. You're like, oh, okay, this is how people are using it. But that wasn't the driving light at the beginning. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, you know, like, of course, the popular accidental tech podcast, like SpinStack was like the accidental product. Like it was a, a little toy I put out because I wanted an ADA. I mean, I still do. Who doesn't? And I was like, oh, now people pay for it and are asking for features. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> what, what do I do here? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, when you when you start an app that you want to take care of you and your family financially, your lens changes, you take things a little bit more serious. And of course, some of that you just don't even learn without experience or making the mistakes. Right. Um, but it's great because like I said, uh, using the fine product revenue cat, if you've heard of such a uh, software and or service, that's my stop, man. I wake up every morning, I look at the overview uh, on the dashboard and you know, then I go about my business. And again, I've said it before, but I can't say enough how like motivating it is to see like, even if it's one customer, or, you know, five or 10 or whatever it is every day to see your MMR tick up. It's like, ah, yes, you know, I'm onto something. Um, there's room to grow here. And of course, I'm not immune to any business. You know, there's peaks and valleys, but I'm so used to releasing something and getting that first push. And then it's like, all right, well, that's dead. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and it's, and I did the opposite with elite hoops. I didn't really reach out to anybody. I just kind of threw it on the app store. Cause I'm like, I have a few weeks left to my sabbatical. I want this out you know, boom, there it is. Well, and also you, and you mentioned marketing. This is something we've, we've probably talked. I mean, I know me and you have talked about, we've probably talked about sure into a microphone at some point too, but like marketing, you take marketing, you've always taken marketing kind of seriously, both with Spinsack and your book and you've tried all sorts of different things. Definitely. Um, a lot of people in our field market similar ways, which is like reach out to the press, uh, talk to industry insiders, whatever. But what we're really all saying is the same thing, which is like nine to five Mac, Mac stories. Uh, we're all talking about the Apple in, in enthusiast uh, crowd. Oh, I'm not supposed to use that word anymore. Apple, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> the, uh, the Apple uh, uh, journalism Journalists? scene. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to edit this back and get that all. No, we'll leave it in. <laughs> right. DM me. I uh, know what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly the what Apple you mean. Crowd. Um, and with elite hoops uh similar to like what curtis has talked about with slopes those there's probably some overlap but it's not the same crowd at all you are targeting people who are coaching basketball teams which is like a if, if it's a venn diagram with the like nine to five mac crowd it's this tiny sliver where they overlap oh yeah so how are you yeah. how are you approaching that well you're right about one thing in that like i do believe a lot in marketing and even though I bootstrap all my apps, I use a lot of paid marketing. Like I'm not afraid to, you know, just set aside like a hundred bucks on a pay period and just be like, I'm going to try something with this. So I've always been like that with the, you know, with the book, like we've talked about in years past and with, uh, you know, spin stack, 
But with Elite Hoops, kind of what motivated me was uh, Emmanuel with uh, Card Pointers. And, you know, I hopped on a call with him actually. And I was like, look, I really want to do like what you're doing. You're kind of where I want to be at. Like, what advice do you have for me? You know, I've heard, you know, you know, we're, we're friends. I saw him last year at Dub Dub. And so I, I knew he would be willing to kind of spend some time with me and, and give him, uh, give me some advice. And one of the things that stuck with me was his email marketing. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try that. So I had, Instagram set up for Elite Hoops before it launched. And my goal was, I'm just going to get people to see my posts on Instagram, kind of showed off the product. And I want them to sign up for my mailing list. That is my pre-launch goal. And so my goal was 500 signups. And I think I spent less than $100 boosting a few Instagram posts. And it, it like ballooned fast. And that was really cool to see. And I think when it launched, I was running ads for about two weeks prior. Uh, it was over a thousand on the mailing list at that time. And then I added it to onboarding too. Cause I was like, Hey, you know, maybe people will sign up that way. And almost 30% of people opt into that as well. Interesting. Um, wow. I would not expect that. Yeah, exactly. Cause I have the skip button plain as day, but I'm just like, Hey, if you want to learn about new features, just pop in your email. And of course, being the, the studious programmers that we are, you just set the text content type to email and you know, it auto fills and you know, it's pretty easy to do. And so I have the, mailing list like over 2000 i think right now which when you weigh that against the installs which again i don't even look in installs ever i just look at revenue cat so i don't know how many there are i don't think there's more than 4000 downloads probably i think it gets like 40 to 50 a day um that's a good portion of people who put their name on the mailing list now granted not everybody has downloaded the app on the mailing list right um but that was my main marketing angle. And so when I had launch day, I wasn't talking to uh, an empty room. I already had a thousand people that said, I'm interested in knowing like where this is going. Right. And it was, again, that motivational thing, seeing people sign up for it uh, from all walks of the coaching tree, um, division one schools signing up for it. Uh, you know, a lot of high schools, uh, colleges of all sizes, D3, D2, D1, uh, private schools, it was just like wow. How are you? How are you reaching them? So you you did paid Instagram. Uh, when you boost an Instagram post, you, your yeah, you can do lightweight targeting. Okay, so you do like keywords, like so basketball, or was it even coaching or something? So for me, I found like so they they have like pre selected ones. It's not like a free text. So it's like basketball and coaching. There was no basketball coach, which was a yeah, huge bummer. Yeah. So I'm like that's exactly what I need. Um, but you know, uh, and I've experimented a lot with that too. I've boosted posts with like thirty keywords. And I've boosted posts with like and five. What kind of posts are you and doing? Try to figure out. Like this is before it launched. So I use the uh, classic indie gym rotato, you know, that shows your app in the cool 3D space. Okay. okay. All I do is record like 10 seconds of using the app. And I put that on Elite Hoops Instagram, which it's at Elite Hoops app. So, you know, anybody can go and check it out. And then I'll boost those. Um, so my rule is every post that I make on Instagram, I actually spend at least $30 to boost it. And uh, it kind of helps because the community on Instagram with basketball is really vast and large. Yeah. And I'm even having some uptick on TikTok of all places. I have no idea what I'm doing on TikTok. Uh, you know, Elite Hoops has like, I don't know, like over 2000 followers on Instagram. On TikTok, I have like a hundred, you know, so I, I haven't quite figured out how all that works. But I've had uh, at least three people message me about it and like, hey, how does this work? Like I'm a coach. So it's been worth it. Um, but I have a good flywheel there because I can create plays with Elite Hoops 
mm. and then share it to the social channels. So they get the value of learning like a new play. Yeah. And then they're like, wait, how did, how did he make this? And then it's like, oh, with like, what's Elite Hoops? Oh, so that's really smart. I have a good like marketing angle there. And I really want to lean into that next year. And my goal is to do two plays a month because it takes like an hour, which is honestly not that long, but I mean, it's preaching time. to the choir, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, it's hard to find an hour in our lives as they are. Um, so I feel like I've really like found a good groove and how are you measuring um, the success? I mean, obviously the newsletter signups were pretty straightforward, but yeah, now are you, I, presumably those are, or wait, you can't link, uh, a post, right? You probably can, but I don't. If you're trying to link Instagram to like an install. Well, I meant link. Like you can't even just do links in Instagram, right? Unless it's an ad. Uh, You can. Yeah. You can, you do a URL with each one because if you see it in stories, right, it'll say like learn more or download or whatever it is. So if you swipe up, this shows how in ignorant I am of Instagrams. Okay. I thought you could do uh, links unless they're ads. Yeah. Every, Every link that, or I'm sorry, every post that I boost does have a link and it either goes to the homepage of Elite Hoops or it goes to the download in the okay. app store. And so then how, yeah, how are you measuring how impactful those are or are you? So I don't measure those one-to-one. It's more of like when I boost posts and they get traction, I at least get like, you know, headspace and some coaches. Um, I don't know if it leads to direct downloads. Um, but the reason I don't track it very closely is because of the other thing that I do, which is Apple search ads. Yeah. Excuse me. And those have worked really well for me. Um, and again, revenue cap plug. I, you know, I kind of, I started that when you made the video of like, here's how you measure like LTV with Apple search ads. And I spent like 30 minutes getting all of that set up. Um, I read a guide. Uh, oh, I forget his name. He makes an ASO tool suite. He has like a free PDF, um, like a lead gen thing, like, Hey, enter your email and I'll give you this. I just followed his guide to set up Apple search ads and they, they work really good. And because I have the integration set up with revenue cat, um, I can see that I make money with it. Um, right. you know, and I'm bad at reading charts, which, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I always we, reach out. I'm like, I'm those. like, Charlie, <laughs> does this, is this a good thing? Like, is this working? And you're like, yes. Cause it clearly shows like the LTV, you know, all that stuff. Um, so that those are the two things I do. I boost Instagram posts and I spend up to $16 a day on Apple search ads and uh, slowly but surely, I mean, we're, we're growing. I mean, I know I made the blog post not too long ago about like my first 100 subscribers. Um, today it's at 327. So, you know, it's climbed up uh, quite a bit since then. And uh, I, hope, I hope it continues to. So, but I'm going to spend a lot more time in marketing uh, for sure in 2024. I want to get to the point where it's almost painful for coaches to use because there's such an obvious feature missing that they all want. Um, so until I really get there, you know, I'm going to keep hitting the marketing hard. Wait, you, so you have a feature. I didn't understand that last thing. You said you have a feature that you want to get out. Yeah. Where I was going in my head with that is like, I'm not going to develop features to develop features cause it's fun. Uh, um, I'm going to wait until I'm really like crystal clear that like, this is where yeah. they want elite hoops to go, or this is something that they need. Um, and I have a pretty good picture of what that is, thankfully, cause I get the same requests all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I do know that if I convert pretty well with the coaches that I have reached, then really my biggest priority right now is to just to reach more coaches. Um, and right. I'll do that with marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, I've peered behind the curtain a little bit uh, as we've talked about uh, your charts in the past, but I am jealous sure. of uh, your mix with your app, the ability to make Apple search ads work as well as they have. Um, because yours is an example of one that like, it feels like you really got everything 
uh, firing the correct way. I, I have not gotten to that level with dark noise, uh, <laughs> no matter how many times I've tried. My The biggest one for me is my my lifetime value for an acquired customer just isn't high enough. Like it's so low that I can't right, compete to justify it on, on ads. Um, and it's tough. I mean, and I, I honestly, I just kind of feel lucky. So I'm just kind of enjoying it while I can until, you know, they get like, I don't know, however it works. I won't pretend to be a ASA expert, but like when the competition goes up or I have to bid more or whatever the case may be. But yes, I am in this happy sweet spot right now where they are plussing out. So I'm going to ride that train yeah. as long as I possibly can. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I guess to like to to continue our follow up from last year train in the same sort of vein as you taking the business side of this seriously. One of the things we had talked about a lot last year was me switching dark noise to subscriptions as well. Mm, that was the yeah. other part of the coin of like um, things I wanted to do to take my side hustles more seriously as a business. Um, and that, that was kind of a weird journey because I did do it. Uh, I used revenue cat. Um, and then like, a month later I was working at revenue cat. So <laughs> I'm now like very knee deep into subscriptions in a way that I definitely wasn't, yeah. uh, definitely wasn't beforehand, but the actual switch has been, I think really good. Um, I certainly like, there's a bunch of nice benefits just from being hooked into the revenue cat backend system from charts. I can generate sure. and all that stuff. I haven't, I, I, I push pretty hard the uh, the annual subscription in particular. Same. I've, yeah, my monthly and I do have a lifetime are kind of behind a uh, like all plans button. I think that's... Is that what yours is currently still too? Exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. Exactly the same setup. Um, so most of my subscriptions are annual. So like I haven't really felt the, the recurring revenue side of the coin yet. And also I don't know if that's going to like pay off or not, right? Because... Maybe I'll have like a hundred percent churn, like hopefully not, but I really don't know until uh, next year, next till it happens, April yeah. or no May, whenever that gets started. But one thing that has been super crazy was uh, dark noise was featured. I think at the very top of one of the iOS 17 lists, I think it was the standby, like great apps for standby mode or whatever. Nice. Um, which both of us have been, we've been featured in, in the app store uh, very fortunately a couple different times before, but something I didn't quite comprehend was how different it would be to have an app that was free to download versus before. Oh man. Those numbers were unreal. Uh, those numbers. Yeah. Yes, like, sir. Yeah. It literally made new like, my downloads. Uh, I think it may have been since we recorded or maybe it was right before we recorded our Christmas special. I integrated telemetry deck mm -hmm. also bringing analytics back into dark noise. Um, but after that iOS 17 review, even looking at my chart now, uh, it looks like I had zero downloads before that uh, <laughs> because they're so big. Now, what a good problem. Yeah, have, yeah. Now those didn't convert the same way. I was very grateful to sure. not have a high per user cost, but a lot of a lot more of those converted and it still turned into way more money than previous features had for me before when it was paid up front. Uh, so that was really interesting. Um, and then the other thing, what was I about to say? I was going to say... Actually, related to what I said a second ago about the plans, uh, the other thing that's been nice about switching to subscriptions is I have different levers than I ever had before. The big one being oh yeah, the paywall itself. Uh, you have so much more control with that funnel than you do with your app store page. 
Um, and it helps that Revenue Cat has released a paywall feature. And so I spend a lot mm-hmm. of my time thinking about paywalls now in a way I didn't before. Um, but I've been running experiments pretty much nonstop uh, since since I got the subscription going. And I've run a bunch of them that have been helpful for like moving the needle, you know, 20, 30 percent based on an experiment that my app runs, which is low enough in volume that it probably isn't actually 20%, but I'm making these continued improvements. Um, and one of them that I just, I think I may, I have probably talked to you about this already, uh, outside of this, but in particular with the whole pushing annual versus monthly and lifetime, yeah, uh, I'm running an experiment right now to test showing all of the plans as opposed to just showing mm. annual and then having the little all plans button before. And right now, in almost every metric except for churn, it is w- well outperforming my uh, my current my existing setup, where it was only showing the annual and hiding everything else behind the all plans. Um, yeah, it's. I wonder if the value proposition is just more clear. Um, I think it also does anchoring for you. Yeah, mine's anchoring. Like I don't really want anybody on the monthly. It's it's ten dollars versus. 40 for the year. So, but I think that's part of it is like, as if your paywall shows what the discount is for annual, it, it makes the annual more attractive. Right. Um, oh, that's a good point. I need to put like the save whatever. Cause I, I don't have that right now. It's just like this one's 40 a year. This one's 10 a month. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. You definitely, those make a big difference. Uh, I haven't actually specifically tested that cause I just did it. But my understanding is that makes a pretty substantial difference in, in performance but anyway that's getting into the weeds i guess but like the point is that's the other thing with switching to subscriptions that's made a big difference which obviously that also would apply for if you had an in-app purchase one time in-app purchase instead same with trials to be honest with you um but having that be a free download up front and then the ability to run experiments and like tweak the business in really like easy cheap ways that's the other thing. I'm like, I'm able again, this is a plug for revenue cat, I guess, but like <laughs> because I'm able to do it all from the back end, cause I'm driving it all from revenue cats system. I can take one of my, like I put the kids down and I have an hour or something. I can spend one of those times just like making a tweak to my paywall design and then start an experiment and let it run for six weeks or five, four weeks or something. And then outcome then i get popped out of that a new direction that i could go in um and then i just pick the one that won and move on but every one of those is like this like iterative improvement that i'm not really spending a lot of time sitting there thinking about i'm not writing a bunch of code with different forks uh for different experiments for sure it's really like an easy cheap way to do something that keeps me invested and pushing dark noise even when i don't have the time to sit there and like code on it the same way so that's been yeah that's been an interesting development as well yeah and it makes you think of it like a business kind of like we were talking about earlier you know um and all those things are so fun and exciting to try and i feel like it's been democratized a little bit more i feel as though the bigger companies kind of only did that maybe not even four years ago you didn't really hear about indies doing it as much to where it's almost the opposite now like oh you're not trying paywall experiments or you're not trying to tweak things like you absolutely should do that. Um, and that's my next move with Elite Hoops uh, because my paywall just kind of came from me 
DMing uh, Ryan from Flighty, it's, and it's I just asked him, Flighty, like, hey, it? it's always Ryan from Flighty. I was just like, hey, that's half here's of my decisions. Have. It's like, why'd you do that? Yeah. Well, Flighty <laughs> did it. And uh... Flighty did it. He's just like, do, you know, three day trial on your annual. And I was like, all right. So that, that was, that was what I did, but I would love to tweak those, you know, and see kind of how things play out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I lied. Actually, the experiment I'm running, I finished that other experiment. The experiment I'm running now is actually experimenting with seven day trials versus three. Um, and that one, I'm really interested to see how it works out. Yeah. Well, so far it's, it's early. It's only been like a week or maybe two weeks. Um, but seven day trials are doing better uh than four day trial or than three day trials on basically every metric it's a little weird because oh that's awesome well it's a weird one to measure because uh, again i'm getting in the weeds here but this is a christmas special we can talk about whatever we want yeah let's Uh, go for it man it's a little weird because the um like if you're looking at ltv this is one of the nice things about experiments on paywalls okay i'm turning this into an ad now uh but but like (laughs) i love it it's not like an a b test where you're like did they click this button or did they not click this button you're looking at like all of the different metrics comparing each of those two uh the treatment versus the control on all those different metrics and so like you know my like initial conversions like did the person pick one of my products and start either start a trial or pay me um those are up so like that's a little bit higher um and so is the actual trial conversions are up a decent amount which makes sense because they had a longer amount of time to to actually use it Um, sure yeah but then the if you look at like ltv which is like how much money have you actually made on all of your customers it's a little it's like a tiny bit lower right now but i don't actually know the real the reality of that until i stop my experiment because like the people that were on three-day trials convert to paying earlier than the people on seven-day trials. So the three-day trial has an advantage on LTV. Oh, but then the moment I stop my experiment, like we continue measuring all those cohorts, even after you stop the experiment. So then like the seven-day one will catch up and I'll actually get, you know, which one's doing better. But the fact that it's such a small amount makes me think that LTV should be higher on the seven-day one as well. Um, yeah but yeah it's really interesting i'm working on a blog post related to there it is all this yeah. stuff yeah yeah i'm a developer advocate this is what i do <laughs> uh, but i'm literally like doing my thing where i just drop the actual just raw uh numbers from all my experiments in there so uh so you'll be able to see exactly what's going on there but but yeah that that has been one of the things i've really really enjoyed with the switch um over to subscriptions as well as like you said being able to run search ads and actually measure how effective they are um yeah that's also been nice and just a lot of those little like things like that um but i'm really excited for when my renewals start to see okay does next year look bigger than last year or yeah did all i really do is just change my pricing get a one year yeah yeah Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly and that'll be fun to see um, and that's why it feels so good to like not rely as much on that big launch with the subscription yeah. app. Cause like you get new customers throughout the year. So like once that first renewal comes up and you see kind of what, uh, you know, your churn rate is, whether it's good, bad, whatever, you can make some tweaks from there to try and keep the customers that are already, you know, subscribed after that point. Um, so the launch is going to be really good to see that. Like how sticky is it? Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's interesting because when you have a big launch, 
um, you feel that negatively when the renewals come up in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Like, well, it depends. Yeah. Your revenue, like, so like if you... Because you're not going to be 100% on the people that you sold to. Yeah. I launched in uh, April, April 1st, I think, or April 2nd, something like that. And then also like maybe the better example is that iOS 17 update. It's like this big spike on my on my revenue, right? And a big spike on my MRR. Whenever a, exactly one month after that iOS 17 review for a couple of days or maybe even like a week or so, my MRR was like totally flatlined. Like everything had died. And luckily, like I could break down that chart and look at the different cohorts. And what I was seeing was all the people who had signed up for monthly during that big iOS 17 spike, all those people were churning. Not all. Yeah. Not uh, but a big chunk of people were churning. Um, and so every new customer I was getting was being offset by that churn. Right? Oh, I see. I see. What you and mean. so if I break it down by numbers, I could see, okay, I'm still getting new customers at the same clip I was before. But it, if I didn't break it down that way, it looked really scary. And I know that's what it's going to look like. <laughs> Scary charts. Times 100 when those annual hits come. Yeah. Like my first annual renewal, I'm guessing, is going to be this like big drop in my MRR because there's going to be a whole... There's going to be way more people churning there and there are new customers coming in. Unless you've like made up the gap throughout the year of like an equal or more But it more doesn't matter if you made up throughout of, the year. Yeah. What matters is that day... If there are more people that churn that oh, day than yeah. you gain that day, you're going to see your MRR chart go down, right? Yeah. Um, so it's the freakout day. Every exactly, you know, that's the thing. Probably. But like, yeah. I'm prepared for it now. Um, the yeah. iOS 17 one will be interesting because hopefully, you know, certain years I'll like hopefully be offsetting it with more, you know, features when I try to get there on launch day again. Um, but then other years you might either not make it or Apple doesn't feature you or whatever. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of new lessons to learn when it comes to running a subscription app. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been really fun. Yeah, no, and it's fun to see your journey there. And uh, we got a lot of notes to swap. So as we build our subscription-based empires yeah, yeah. or whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> but no, it's it does make app development more fun when you make money. I mean, it's just, I think that's pretty true for everybody. You know, we want to uh, get paid for the work that we do. And when people find it useful, uh, you know, it, it changes a lot. So I hope to see more people uh, independent or making more from their apps, whatever it looks like. Uh, if I could give one piece of advice, you know, just, just value your work. You know, don't be afraid to charge for it. Um, you will be pleasantly surprised, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we should we should start wrapping this up. Until 365 days from now. When the Christmas spirit is back in the air. Yeah, I, I, I'm coming like throughout the year. I think about the episode coming up, especially this year. Yeah. I feel like both of us have had very impactful years to our lives. Oh, for sure. It's been great. Uh, well, I should say to our careers, um, you know, like we were, we didn't move houses this year. We didn't have new kids. Uh, I mean, I have a new puppy, but you know, but like in terms of careers, so many things feel like they happened this year. You finished the book, you launched a new app that's hopefully part of your story for quite a while going forward. Um, I switched jobs for sure. I think I think a lot happened this year, and it, it's it's really fun to be able to like uh, go over it every year and compare. Reminisce, man. But I feel like last year we both had all these things that we were asking each other to do. 
you were like, yeah, do subscriptions and try sponsorships. And I was Sponsors, like, yeah. actually ship an app and finish your book. <laughs> finish uh, your book. And all those things happen. I don't feel like either of us has, it feels like we're, we've like settled business. This was the year of settling business. And next year is like green pastures. Like we're, we're both embarking on some new things. Oh, and it's good. And I have a blog post coming up about this. I, uh, when I look back at like what I wanted to do in 2023 versus what I actually did, I didn't hit like a quarter of them, but it was still such a great year. You know, I was like, oh, I want to release this app and that app and, you know, finish the book and do all this stuff. See, that's funny because I look at it from me talking to you, but I, I think of it less specific than you. To me, your goal for the year was like, get as far as you can with the book. Maybe you could even finish it. And you want to get back in the indie app game. Like those were the two biggest things. And that's what happened. So I guess both of those two things you checked off. (laughs) Whatever you say should be my goals, I guess, is what we've learned is that's what's going to happen. So, you know, after this call, be like, I hope you make $16 million in ARR. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. No, this has been, this has been awesome. And I, I definitely plan on uh, continuing the Christmas special tradition here. For sure. We have to. to anybody who is, has still made it this far. Uh, Thank you. I, I really do love the show. It it's it's it was a difficult choice to intentionally sort of say I'm not going to push on it hard anymore. It's it's a product in my lineup as uh, as Apple would say, but it's not something that is <laughs> like at this point a thing that I'm trying to grow, a thing that I'm trying to push. But I do still like making it as long as people still listen. Uh, and as long as people are still willing to sit on a microphone and talk to me about the things that they make, I plan on continuing making it for a long time, but uh, in a much, much less uh, quantity than than before. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, if you have thoughts, obviously, always reach out. Let me know. Uh, I guess we're really low on time here, but uh, we'll have a quick... 30 second uh segment that we always have in our christmas specials apparently which is what's what's your social media deal right now where can people find you <laughs> oh man what a met we didn't even get i know that. i know uh, yeah okay so i guess the best way to say it, the ones that i'm not really on are blue sky and threads you're not on the threads oh you gotta get on the threads yeah uh, i know i know uh what i don't know i think it's at jordan morgan on mastodon at jordan morgan 10 on x formerly known as twitter um so you can find elite hoops though uh at elite hoops app on basically anything it's on there's a youtube page there's instagram tiktok i think that's it there might be an x profile too i can't remember perfect i don't like that you (laughs) said that uh you can continue to find me on twitter the the platform that i will never stop calling twitter uh (laughs) and obviously uh mastodon and threads and uh yeah all those all those places so not a whole lot of developments there on perfect mind, but but yeah all right i'll let you go have a happy holidays merry christmas happy new year and uh you too looking forward to seeing what 2024 brings for you because i think i think there's gonna be a lot of exciting stuff i think so same to you man thanks for listening if you'd like to discuss the show you can find me on twitter at underscore chucky c or tweet the show directly at launched fm I'd really appreciate a rating or review in Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, or whatever your podcast of choice happens to be. And you can find show notes and more at launch.fm.com. Launch.fm.